Your attention, please. The Magic Garway Podcast is now leaving from New Orleans for an artistic tour of all things Disney. Jumbo, everyone. Rumble. Hi, Mr. Anonymous here, and you are listening to the Magic Our Way podcast. Magic Our Way takes an artistic view of all things Disney-related. Join your hosts, Kevin and Danny, Marvel expert and proprietor of ivorycomics.com, Eli, and your personal earmarked travel agent, you've got a friend in Lee, Lee Lastavica. Come join the Mile Weekend Nation on social media and at magicourway.com. Jumbo, everyone! Harambe! And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way podcast. podcast. Greetings, Mo Weekends. This is Danny with the Magic Our Way podcast. And joining me in the studio tonight is nobody. That's right. I'm sitting here alone in the studio, but I'm not alone. In my ear are the sounds of a very noisy travel agent. Lee, are you okay over there? Yeah, I was just thinking of a song on my head that was going in my head. You wanna... One is the loneliest number that you'll ever know. Yeah, so... Two can be as bad as one. <laughs> you you want to keep doing that? Because, yeah, uh, that'll fill up some space at yeah. least. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, so that's what you're going to get, folks. Tonight, it's going to be me and Lee. So, um... Want to turn off the iPod or radio, whatever you're listening to us on now... It's fine. We don't blame you. No hard feelings. Come back next week. I'm sure we'll be much improved. But um, <laughs> for those who are the more adventurous or more hopeful or uh, more more uh, masochistic, yeah, maybe just looking for a car wreck a la NASCAR or something like that. Uh, thank you for staying on the line. So um, anyway, so what we're going to do tonight is uh, Lee and I just saw Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass. And uh, we, for whatever reason, I forgot this movie was coming out. Lee had to remind me that it was coming out because I, I don't know. I haven't seen much in the way of publicity for this. Have you, Lee? No, that's true. I mean, I, I, I don't even remember seeing that many trailers as, we, as, we, as we've been doing all the even all these uh, these movie reviews over this uh, this year so far. I haven't seen that many trailers for it even. So, yeah, uh, I wouldn't say it's been heavily uh uh, publicized for sure. I, I think we both were talking too. It's like uh, you know, the last couple movies we've been to, uh, I was glad that we got advanced tickets because the the theater was packed. Yeah. Uh, this one, uh, not so much. I think there was probably like six or eight other people in the theater besides me and my daughter. So uh, you know, no problems getting in. Uh, didn't I got advanced tickets, but I didn't need them. Um, so we'll see how it goes. We'll see what kind of uh, revenue it generates. There were about like eight or nine people in the theater I saw it in. Now, now granted, yeah. I, I will say that the 3D showing of it was sold out, but th- there were two, there was at least three showings at seven. Two were open. The one that I was in, which was the standard one, uh, maybe eight people. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, the theater I was at had a 3D also. I didn't pay attention to whether it was sold out or not, but for sure the regular theater, yeah, it was pretty empty. So... <laughs> <laughs> You know that may that may uh, bo- not bode well for Disney, but we shall see. Or our podcast, for that matter, because people might like. Oh wait, they're reviewing that. I don't care about that movie, and we don't blame you. That's why we're saying, look, no hard feelings. If you need to move on, and we're not really sure that we're going to speak too much about it because there really is. This is going to be a very brief movie review, I think. What do you think, Lee? I think so too. I mean, we'll see what happens when we start getting into it, but. Uh, you know, there's no accounting for taste, I guess is what you can say, because uh, apparently Angry Birds is what was the number one movie last weekend. So, Can I tell you, there were a lot of parents with kids in front of me in line, and uh, every single time they bought a ticket, they were taking their kids to see Angry Birds. I'm like, wow, look at all these kids. They're waiting to see Alice. I'm sure the show will sell out by the time we get up to the front of the line. And sure enough, <laughs> Angry every Birds. single kid was going to go see Angry Birds. So... Yeah. Well, I think that says a lot about our society. If Angry Birds, if Angry Birds outsells 
a Disney movie, but can what I tell happened? you? There's do, been, do what you got to do. I knew Angry Birds came out when it came. I mean, it was on my kids' Happy Meals. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. It was, you, you, there was, and it, again, that was on every trailer, I, every movie we've seen so far this year. There's been a trailer for Angry Birds. So, and I think that the reason is that probably because they they knew that this movie was not going to be that good. And uh, when we looked into it, uh, the, the reviews were less than stellar. Uh, it, it was hard to find a good review of this movie uh, going into it. So I knew I was going to be in for something here. But we'll get into exactly what we found out soon. But enough of this jibber-jabber. Let's go make some magic. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round. All right, guys, and welcome to the guest services segment of our podcast. We're just going to do one quick one today just because... A, we haven't heard from this guy in a little while, and I always like giving Super Mo Weekends a little love whenever they write in. And B, because we do have quite a long show to get to. So, real quick, Stephen Downs, do you remember the name? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. What, what is he better known as? Codename? Grandpa Vix? No, Evix Grandpa Eli. Evix Grandpa Eli. And Stephen, it's fitting that we do this show on a day where we've evicted Eli right out the studio. So That's uh, right. <laughs> Eli and Grandpa, out of here. I got to see Grandpa Eli this weekend over at my, my ah. kid's birthday party. Yeah, I got to see the right. Grandpa Eli. Tourette, Tourette. Never once did he say that. I don't know where <laughs> Eli gets that. <laughs> but uh, anyway... Hey guys, Stephen Downs, Vic's Grandpa Eli here. I was listening to the Matt Hotchberg episode. I think it's interesting the stance he has on Disney and their view towards the guests. I don't disagree, but do wonder if they do have the same outlook on their Disneyland guests. I feel like they have been doing a decent job keeping fans satisfied with their visual effects updates and current attractions. Do you think Disney has a big difference between management on either coast in fairness, I guess Launch Bay was kind of disappointing, but Hyperspace Mountain was awesome. I don't know. Never been to WDW, so I'm not sure how things compare. Looking forward to the next show. So the question is the difference between the way guests are treated at Disneyland and Disney World. Well, the question is more of if we think there's a big difference between management uh, and the parks on, on either coast. And also, you know, I think the, the overall point he's trying to make is that he's not really quite sure as to what's going on in Walt Disney World, but he's kind of satisfied with what's going on in Disneyland. Mm. And, um, you know, Stephen, here's what I would say is that, uh, and y'all haven't heard part two of the Matt Hotchberg uh, interview yet. So y- y'all will come to find when you hear part two of the Matt Hotchberg interview that there are, you know, at least... There's at least one major thing that me and Matt disagree about. And, and I make it a point to say, and I said it on the podcast with Matt then, and I'll, I'll say it again, is that, you know, when you have a guest on the show, you tend to kind of let the guest be right. Particularly when the, the guest is somebody who um, has been doing this way longer than you have. I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Matt Hotchberg has, has done a lot. Now, having said that, Matt's not infallible. Obviously, he, he, he can be wrong. And I do think... He was wrong in a couple of things that he said, in particularly with regards to Tower of Terror being the best attraction they ever done and Haunted Mansion being a one-trick pony. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a, a whole lot of Disney fans who agree with him on that point. And um, in terms of this, I, I would say the exact same thing. I, I don't agree with Matt's uh, premise from the standpoint that you know, my biggest problem with Disney is not that I feel like they don't care about their guests. I do agree with them in the sense that, yes, they can rest on their laurels and they can just continue doing what they're doing. And because they're Disney, people are going to continue to visit. And I think that is also more true of Walt Disney World than it is of Disneyland. I mean, let, let's face it. I mean, Disneyland has gotten so much and we're still waiting for our stuff here in Disney World. I mean, that's my biggest bone of contention right now with, with Disney is that I wasn't going to go this year because I was like, well, what's the point? Nothing really new and great is coming up. But as they were advertising some of the stuff that was supposed to be coming out for summer, we ended up booking a a trip to go during the summer only to find out that all the really cool stuff is still not going to be ready by the time we get there. And that's more my problem is that it takes them so long to do stuff over here. Whereas in Disneyland, I mean, my God, y'all guys got the Hatbox Ghost. I mean, by the time they announced that it was coming, it was already there pretty much is what it felt like to me. Uh, they got a working Yeti. I mean, how about that? (laughs) 
<laughs> We're still complaining. It's been years. Our Yeti has been broken, and they go out and they fix the Yeti. They got like three or four different versions of the Yeti over there that are that are moving in Disneyland. And that's really, they updated their whole Peter Pan attraction. All we got is a queue with a couple of iPad games, whereas y'all got a whole redone with moving water and animation. Y'all got Hyperspace Mountain. I mean, it's like we're still waiting for our Frozen Ever After. We're still waiting for our um, Rivers of Light. We're still waiting on, on Rivers of Light. Yeah, I mean, they've had World of Color all this time. We can't get ours. Y'all are going to be getting uh, Soaring Around the World just about, what, maybe the same day as we're getting it? Is that about and right? They got, the, they got the new parade. So, um, Well, all I'll say is that I think Matt's point was that the people that Disney quote-unquote doesn't care about, uh, in his words, are the people like you and me. People that we're going to go back no matter what. People that, you know, annual pass holders, fans like that. And what, what he means by that is that we, they've already got our money. What their focus is and what their interest is is bringing new people into the park, people that haven't been before. Whereas Disneyland, and I've never been, so I can't say this, but this is all you hear, is that it's a locals park. So you have to pique their interest. You have to keep them more interested because they do go, you know, whereas Walt Disney World, maybe not as much locals. Of course, there are locals, but that's not the main flow of money going in and out is locals. Well, you know. I hear that, and, and I, I understood that to be his point when he was saying it. I guess where I disagree with him at is that I just I don't know that, that Disney does not care about people like you and me because, I mean, I, I do think you're seeing that. like When they have repeat business like that, like on the West Coast, they are taking care of those people. It's just that Walt Disney World here in Florida is more of a – destination place so i mean they have decisions to make when it comes to shutting down rides in terms of well if we shut this down and people are coming for their once in a lifetime disney two and a half week long family vacation and they're coming from europe pirates better be open mansion better be open you know we can't exactly do what they can do over there so i i don't know that i i can completely co-sign what he's saying there. I do think that they care about repeat business, and I think that's why you have annual passes still. I think that's why you have Disney Visa perks and and all these different little things for people who are D23, all these different things for people who are fans of the product to go ahead and and get themselves involved in. Now, granted, I mean, maybe you can make the point of, well, if they really care, they give it to us all for free. Well... Well, that's not realistic. Let's not go that far. Okay. (laughs) I have more of a problem with, you know, with with people going ahead and saying, well, Disneyland's a locals park. I I look at it as as being kind of just like my issue more with Disney World is that everyone kind of bags on Disneyland for being like, yeah, but they're that little park out there. They're, They're that small thing. Disneyland has most of the main attractions that Disney World has and then some. People make it sound like, well, they, yeah, there's four parks in Disney World, but there's only two over in California. Really, they have a soaring. They have a Tower of Terror. They have It's Tough to Be a Bug, Turtle Talk, uh, Finding Nemo, except that it's the subs. It's not just you sit in a shell and go around. They have... California Screaming. California Screaming. Uh, you know, Matterhorn in place of Expedition Everest, Wit Working Yeti. Um it's harder to think of a, of a main level attraction they don't have. Test track. They have Radiator Springs. You tell me which ones is better. You know, yeah. <laughs> Disneyland has it all. With Disney World, you know what you hear over and over again is like, yeah, Disneyland's small. Disney World, we have the blessing of size. Well, great. Then it shouldn't take y'all so long to give us something new to look at. Yeah, and that's my, my problem. And what I didn't get to say on the podcast uh, when we recorded was. I understand it takes time to build quality and it takes time to build story and things like that. Yeah. But how, how long did it take them to build Harry Potter world? Exactly. I, I wanted to say, again, you try your best not to disagree with your guests and Matt's a great guy. I think it would have had a great sense of humor. The, the thing of it, it was, and, and also part of the reason why we also didn't want to disagree with Matt we had already kept him for about an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've already taken up enough of his time. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. this ed- episode that you're hearing is pretty much edited back. Not that much, but edited a good... You've only heard an hour of it, and there's still about an hour left to go. And within the first 10 minutes, we're saying goodbye. And about 50 minutes later, he finally hangs up. If we would have stayed on the phone and nitpicked and disagreed, and it would have just gone on forever. 
but it would have been a, a month. It would have been a month worth of shows, which we probably could have done a month worth of shows with that guy. Oh, easy. So. And he had great opinions. And again, who's to say? You know, the, the man knows a lot about what he's he's talking about. There's there's no question about it. I just personally, I'm with you on that one. I I disagreed with him on that. If you say it takes this long to build a Hulk roller coaster and it takes this long to build Everest, then I agree. But if you say it takes this long to build an attraction that's immersive and that, you know, it takes this long to build a land that's going to be detailed and so on and so forth, then why did Harry Potter come online in the time that it did? And the second part, too. How much better could Harry Potter be? Exactly. You know, know, that is about as detailed and is about as immersive as you can get. And they did it in half the time it took to do. I mean, they weren't even breaking land on Avatar you know, at that point. How about Transformers? How about uh, Minions? How about King Kong coming up in a minute? I mean, I think he was given a bit of the, uh, of the company line when he was answering that. I don't know that he was answering it from the standpoint of um, that was his personal opinion. At least I would hope not. If that was, yeah, I, I'm with you. I just, I don't agree with that. I, I do think that Disney does have a tendency to drag its feet with these things and rest on their laurels, which is the other point that he made, which I did agree with. Uh, which is, I think, better explains uh, why it is that it takes so long for for them to get new things in the park over there. But I, I do agree that uh, getting back to what your original point, I think we covered what your original point was, Stephen. If we haven't, right back when the rest of the guys are in the studio, and I'm sure we'll do a much better job of things. But thanks for the question. Always appreciate you writing in. And hey, you're the reason I fight to keep Grandpa Eli off this show. Because there's a lot of people who, for whatever reason, are, I don't know if they're masochists or what, what's wrong with them, but they want Grandpa Eli on this show. I don't get it. So I think uh, that's the competition that wants Eli on the show. <laughs> Grandpa Eli. You think? <laughs> I think? I think so. I think it's a plan. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thanks again, Stephen, and uh, hope to hear from you again later. All right, guys, and first and only here on the queue today, we're going to cover a little news story that I wanted to touch upon real quick, just because I'm a huge Muppets fan. And, you know, I heard about this and I I just wanted to comment on it a little bit if we could. Uh, It's been confirmed that the Muppets are indeed getting their own restaurant at Hollywood Studios. Uh, WDW News Today has been reporting that uh, Pizza Planet after having been closed, it's been long rumored that the Muppets might be taken over. Well, now they've confirmed that it's going to be a Muppets-themed restaurant. It's going to be opening in late 2016, and it's going to be called Pizza Rizzo. Rizzo being the name of the rat from uh, the Muppets. Uh, you, you're familiar with Rizzo, Lee? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I, I can picture him now. He's, he's a pretty funny character, so I think that'll be cool. Yeah. Um, if it fits, you know, New York style pizza too. So, you know, mm-hmm. New York pizza, those are synonymous. The, I, I, he seems like he's from New York. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, that all goes together. So, yeah, I mean, as long as they can get some decent pizza in that park, that'll be a win win. <laughs> you know? I, I'm kind of of mixed feelings on this one here because I was kind of hoping that we would get the Pizza Planet over in the Toy Story section. Well, our, our good, real pizza planet. Yes. That, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, do it right. Exactly. Do it right. I wanted to see what you saw when you went in the Toy Story. I wanted to see that pizza planet recreated and done right. So this kind of gives me a little cause to pause and thinking that we, you know, even though we have a whole Toy Story land, for some odd reason, we're not going to get a pizza planet. I don't necessarily like that, but... Um, right. Well, I mean, unfortunately, what else can you relate to Toy Story that's food? There's nothing else. It's all exactly. pizza planet. So you kind of, they kind of uh, are going to work themselves into a corner for food over there, but... Is it that far out of the out of the ordinary to do two pizza restaurants? Maybe not. In the same park? Yeah. Maybe so. With that many kids? Uh, I mean, I, you may be able to pull it off. I don't know. I mean... Here's a lot of people are speculating. So moving away from that aspect of it, for unless you got more to say about the Pizza Planet aspect. No, no, go ahead. Okay, moving away from Pizza Planet though in Toy Story Land, which I, I think Lee and I are on the same page in this one. I would love to see that. Um, what I want to say real quick about Pizza Rizzo is again mixed feelings. Rizzo is uh, voiced by Steve Whitmire, who who now does Kermit. He's one of the original Muppet performers. Well, not like original like. Frank Oz, Jim Henson, Richard Hunt, those guys. I mean, 
but he was like next generation over. So he was kind of like he was doing uh, Rizzo. He was doing uh, Bean Bunny, Wembley. I remember he did Wembley from Fraggle Rock. Uh, he, he was even added into Electric Mayhem. Like you know, the original Electric Mayhem was those, you know was, was the five. Then you saw this guy uh, w- with a trumpet named uh, Lips. And I was oh, like, okay. yeah, where'd he come from? That was them saying, you're one of us now, Steve. You have your own oh, Electric cool. Mayhem character. So, I mean, that was how close Steve was to the to the core. Uh, so I love the fact that they're giving one of his characters a restaurant. Now, having said that, the rumors seem to be that mm-hmm. Rizzo's family is going to be operating a pizza restaurant. Mm-hmm. A la um, Muppets Take Manhattan. Because mm-hmm. you remember you saw them working in a diner where uh, the Muppets worked briefly while they were trying to earn money for their show. Well, I don't know that I'm really a big fan of that idea. Like, I don't really want to see that. But what I would like to see, so let, let me let me tell you what I like to see for Pizza Rizzo. Because it, it does kind of seem a little bit funny that a rat would be promoting pizza, right, Lee? Well, they like cheese. Yeah. So, but you know. think about it. The most famous pizza place in the world for children is Chuck E. Cheese. Is Chuck e. Cheese, who's a freaking rat, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what if Rizzo is doing his own knockoff of a Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, like a really bad knockoff. Yes, like, a really like bad all the Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, the characters yes. are all like tattered, and uh, <laughs> the, the 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 colors are all faded. Exactly. And they're, they're patched up. Mm-hmm. Like combination of uh, do the right thing mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and Chuck E. Cheese put together. That's what I'm talking about. I want to see that restaurant. Like that's <laughs> what I'm hoping for. Because like originally I heard about it, I'm like, Ugh, Pizza Rizzo, not a great name. I mean, of all the Muppets characters, you could have did the Pizza Pandemonium thing with Gonzo. You could have added Pepe to it. You could have done this. You could have done. And then I started to think about it. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Chuck E. Cheese is a rat. Rizzo's a rat. What if? Pizza Rizzo is just a knockoff of Chuck E. Cheese. That would be like awesome. A, yeah, like a hood version. A hood of version Chuck e. of Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> where everything is done on the cheap, on the fly. Every, you know, it would be such a great place to do some Muppet humor. You know, there's a stage show and it's all broken and, and just, you know, yeah. operated by rats. Maybe like a couple of different uh, Muppets making an appearance here or there. I would love to see that. If that happens, done. Totally. I, I, I couldn't be happier with this. Man, that's funny. All right. So anyway, that's my my thoughts on Pizza Rizzo. So I'm, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that's what happens. Yeah, and it needs to be kind of like a little bit greasy looking in there. You Absolutely. Know? Like, you know, like they haven't cleaned the place that well. There's what you call the guy that comes around in the suit, you know, is obviously a guy in a suit. <laughs> like there's a rat head on on the dude's head. You know, like <laughs> you can actually see his face, that kind of thing. I, I want yeah. it to be just like that. So yeah. anyway, I've got my fingers crossed that that's what they're going with. We'll see. Who knows? But uh, just because I'm a huge Muppets fan, I always like it when they're including Muppets, especially after the bad news that the show had been canceled. That made me a little bit concerned about the future of the Muppets at the park. So, um, yeah, there you go. They, they guess the, the attraction should be sticking around if they're going to have a restaurant now. So, guys, uh, yeah, that's our thoughts on that. So, um, anyway, just want to do that little quick story, and uh, we're going to head on over now to the hub. So here we are, we're in the hub, and we are ready to talk about Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass. Lee, what did you think? I would like to know how much it costs to make this movie, because I'll be honest with you on that part, it was visually stunning. I thought it was just eye-popping. One, I actually kind of wished I maybe would have saw it in 3D, or at least you know HD, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a beautiful movie. Now... Whether or not <laughs> it made any sense, I don't know about that. Uh, but, man, they must have spent a crap load of money to make this thing. It's one of those movies where it's kind of filmed kind of like when you're watching uh, like uh, one of the Star Wars prequels where you can tell there was an actor or two in the room and then the rest of the room was green. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously a lot of green screen right. uh, going on, but it was still, I thought it was like, it was very visually interesting. It was like a live action cartoon. I mean, those are not 
typically the type of uh, movies that I really like. I mean, my eyes really adjust to the CGI very quickly. Mm. And so then it kind of, after a while, feels like I'm watching a video game or a cartoon. Yeah, I, I don't really necessarily care for that, but I will grant you that. Well, visually, I mean, but it, I think it works good for this movie. It does. It, it, yeah, in I mean, the same gonna, way. If you're going to do Alice in Wonderland, those two go hand in hand, cartoonish, fantasy can't tell which is reality and which is fantasy well but that's the thing you could tell what was not there <laughs> that's right. what i'm saying it would have benefited a little bit more from was that real was that like your eyes adjust and you're acutely aware that 99 percent of what you're seeing isn't really there you yes, know what i'm absolutely. saying and, and yeah. that's that's the part where i would have liked it a little bit better if you couldn't tell what from what now mm. having said what you said about you know but now it's wonderland so it kind of works for that I would say that's one good thing working for the plot is that the plot doesn't have to make a whole lot of sense. It's Wonderland. Even if the plot falls apart or it seems silly or contrived or just where did that come from? You can get away with that in this movie because it's Alice in Wonderland. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, you think about the original cartoon, it was just kind of like four or five little segments of, wow, wait, what is she doing? What happened? Yeah. How did that happen? So to that degree, yeah, I would say so, because it it didn't have to have a a linear story, so to speak. Absolutely. All right. Do you want to get into the story next? Is that where you want to go? Yeah. I mean, let's let's just go ahead and jump into it. I was a little confused at first as to what movie I actually was watching Uh when they started the whole movie with her on a ship and she's a captain of something and she's running from pirates and... Um, I thought I'd gone to the wrong movie, to be honest <laughs> with you. I thought, am I in the right theater? Because this doesn't seem like Alice in Wonderland to me. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, we find out later, I guess it, it works for the plot. But, uh, yeah, I didn't really get any of that. And not, Let me also preface this by saying that, A, I have not read the books uh, by Lewis Carroll. And, B, I did not watch the other Johnny Depp uh, live-action Alice in Wonderland either. I've seen the, original, uh, the cartoon, the Disney cartoon, animated, but I haven't seen... The first one. I actually meant to watch it this week, but Netflix let me down and didn't get it to me on time. So, <laughs> well, let, sorry. Let, let me save you some disappointment on, on both fronts here. One, outside of the title of the book and the fact that Humpty Dumpty was in the second one, I, really it had nothing to do with Through the Looking Glass, the Lewis Carroll version. It, it had right. nothing say, to do with that. Did I say Lewis Clark? I don't I feel like I said Lewis Clark, but I think. But you're right; it's Lewis Carroll. I felt like I said Lewis and Clark or Lewis Clark. <laughs> I hope not, because that means I wasn't paying attention to you. <laughs> um, so yes, it really had nothing to do with the Lewis Carroll story. In fact, if you saw the very first one, the Tim Burton one, the Tim Burton one pretty much combined some elements of uh, the original Alice story and then more of Through the Looking Glass to make what you saw in that film. So when you saw Uh, the title through the looking glass, it was like, well, they kind of already did this with the Jabberwocky and, uh, which mm -hmm, called it. Yeah. So it it was kind of already done. So I knew going into this, that we weren't going to be getting a retelling of, of through the looking glass. What I I didn't realize is that we were going to get back to the future done. Alice in Wonderland style. Um, Right. (laughs) (laughs) You hit it right on the head. It's like, yeah, it was it was a time travel story. It, it basically was. is it's all it, it was. It was a Disney version of Back to the Future, which is odd because it's like them saying, you know what? You've seen everything there is to see about Wonderland, all the wonders you've experienced it. You've met all the interesting people. We're just going to forward and backwards and jump through time so that way you can see them at different phases in their lives. Yeah, I mean, it's like and the, uh, in addition to that, we're going to throw Bor- uh, Borat in here. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, it's funny you say that because, like, I was listening to his voice and it was more of a John Gerard from uh, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, that's it, true. Yeah. That was the voice I kept yeah, hearing. Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't the voice of Barat. <laughs> uh, although I would have, you know, let's 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 see a remake of this with Ali G. That might even be more interesting. Bumbakasha, <laughs> Alice. Bumbaklat. Booyakasha. <laughs> Come on, Lee. I'm here with my main man, Alice. <laughs> that, that might be more interesting to that see is... uh, Ali G version of, uh, no, of that character. No, your impersonation, Ali G, was way more interesting. That was the worst <laughs> Ali G impersonation I've ever heard. <laughs> do it one more time. Can, can you do it? So, what does he say again? What does he say? Boyaka. What did you say? Boombakasha. Boombakasha. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bumbaclat. You Bumbaclat. I don't know, man. I, You're I, Mr. I, I Boombastic over there. Come on. <laughs> I haven't seen that show in so long, but that was... Uh, all right, we're way off track no, no, already. No, 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 come on. I want to hear some more. This is way more interesting than the movie. Trust me, folks. Go ahead and, like, what does he say? My main man, what does he say? Do it. All right, now. I'm here today with my main man, my main girl, Alice. Alice, she's all up in it. I didn't she know Ali G was Jamaican. That's very he's, nice. He's kind of Jamaican. He's a little bit Jamaican. From the waist down. Not at all, actually. But can we hear your Borat? High five. <laughs> That's all I got for Borat. Okay. High five. I'm not even going to ask for Bruno. We'll stop there. It's a family <laughs> show as of recent. Uh, so anyway, okay, moving forward. I thought he did a good job. I, I thought... Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen did a good job. I don't know that he had much to work with, but he definitely was the funniest thing in the movie to me. Yeah, he had some good lines. Um, and, you know... There wasn't I, a lot of humor to be had. It was really him and Helena Bonham Carter, even the Matt Hatter, Johnny Depp thing. I mean, like... Well, well, and even then, I mean, you really didn't... You didn't see much of Johnny Depp in this movie. You saw him at the beginning. You saw him at the end. Well, you know, we're speaking vaguely, and let's just say spoilers right now, just in case we, we really want to get into it a little bit. Again, there's not a whole lot to dissect here, guys. There really isn't. And in fact, if, if I can sum this up, and, and just if, if y'all just to save you the time, just that's how considerate I am. If y'all really, if you don't want to hear us talk too much about this, because again, judging by the amount of people in the theater, there's not a whole lot of interest for this movie. So I can't imagine there's a whole lot of interest to hear people talk about it. But here's what I would tell you. This is a completely unnecessary movie. Having said that, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't good. It was just a very bland movie that visually is fun. So, I mean, it's like, it's one of those movies that you could turn on the TV and watch it, walk out of the room, make a sandwich, don't even worry about hitting pause, come back in a little bit later, and just go right back into it, and you miss nothing. You're just yeah. watching It's Eye Candy is what it is. And, you know, quite frankly, I mean, those characters are... are you know, the, the, the look of them was so disturbing anyway. It's not even eye candy that you really want to look at for too long. You know, it's like watching a... It, it really was like a little family of circus freaks hanging out there for a while. You know, with Tweedledee yeah. and Tweedledum and Anne and Hathaway's they, weird white queen with her spastic arm movements and... Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, Tweedledee and Tweedledum had a couple good lines. Mm -hmm. So, just go through it, basically. You've got the beginning of the movie... You've got Alice as a ship captain, which I thought, what does this even have to do with anything? Well, right. apparently it has a lot to do with it because I guess luckily she was a ship captain so she could learn how to uh, navigate this uh, time travel machine that just coincidentally happened to navigate just like a ship. Uh, so there's that was very convenient that she uh, was a ship captain. Uh, <laughs> well, so, at the end of the movie, though, to be fair, she did get her daddy's ship, and she was sailing off in the ship. So, I mean, it wasn't like they just pulled it out of, you know... No, no, I mean, it, it served a purpose, but at the very beginning of the movie, I really was like, why? But even if... Okay, so let's just say, though, that they left out all the ship stuff, the dad, et cetera, et cetera, would gotcha. it have taken anything away from the movie? Um, okay. Would it have? No, because it's a bad movie. But if you're, if you're talking about and furthering the story that they were trying to tell, the story they're trying to tell is the Matt has relationship with his family and how much he wants his family back, mm. where Alice just told her mother based on what happened and her holding on to her daddy that she wants nothing to do with her. Mm -hmm. So it's how the events of the Hatter's life are greatly intersecting what's happening in her life yeah i mean there's there's the one point where she says she doesn't want to be like her mom and then there's the point where the mad hatter said he doesn't want to be like his dad so yeah to that to that degree yes i mean it served a purpose for the tension and things like that but uh i guess the other way i would put it is like did it have to be a ship captain it could have been something else i know but like i said just to be fair to the movie again i'm not saying it was a great movie but just to be fair to the movie that's how they leave off the first movie. She's, I, I want to say she's getting on the ship. It's been a long time since oh, I've seen it. Oh, okay. So there you go. Again, I did, having not seen the first movie, then I guess that does make sense. So there you it, go. It, it, like I said, yes, it does feel shoehorned in because if you know nothing about the first movie, yes, it, it, it feels a little weird. But um, yeah, she's setting off on her ship and, and uh, 
And I mean, shoot, even the butterfly was in it, if I remember correctly. Uh, Alan Rickman's character, who is barely in the movie. I mean, they make it a a thing like this is his final performance. I don't know if like he was supposed to be in more of the movie than what he was, but he really was in a very, very small. Like all the rest of the characters made constant appearances all the way through. So who was Alan Rickman's character? He was a butterfly. Oh, okay. Which which hmm. you would better know as a caterpillar. From, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. From the, the cartoon. Smoking. Right. Well, yeah. he ends up as a butterfly at the end mm-hmm. of the first one. And then in this one, he's, you know. Starts off as a butterfly. Right, there you go. Well, it's interesting. I wonder how much he actually got the film. And then that's the reason why he's not in there that much. It's 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 an interesting uh, question to wonder. Because like I said, that little mutant family is around each other the entire time. The the Dormouse, the hair. Yeah, they the, all travel together. They all travel. They all, it's all like they're all living. In fact, Wonderland seems very small. Like, you got to meet these characters individually as Alice was making her way through Wonderland. In this version of Wonderland, they're all just all living in the same spot, really. Yeah, just, just hanging hang, out, yeah, having tea. Exactly. So there's that. Um, all right, so the, she gets off the ship and she's has to confront the bad guy in the movie the ex that she turned down who is a weasel of course yes he's probably the most weaselly weasel i've ever met that <laughs> guy he was he was something else huh yeah he was cartoonishly i mean he would have belonged yeah. in, in wonderland uh that is like hamish hamish yeah, I, I, I can't remember what his name was. Um, Hemschel, Hamish, I, I Hamish. Wanna, Hamish, Hamish. There you go, Hamish. Okay, and um, yeah, he was like over the top cartoony. I don't remember if that was the portrayal of him, and I, I would imagine so. But yeah, it, it just for whatever reason this time the portrayals even seemed odder. Like I remember Anne Hathaway's performance and Johnny Depp's performance seemed a little odd last time, being like, eh, kind of Tim Burtonish, not quite. Yeah. This time they seemed way odder. So maybe maybe the same thing with Hamish. I, I don't know. Yeah, and you know, to be fair, I, I said I think I told you before even we're gonna review this, is that I'm not really a big fan of uh his live action work anyway. Me either. You know, I like Nightmare Before Christmas a lot. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, anything that's been live action from it's just kinda like it's just kinda weird, man. It's just kind of off putting and just it's not his medium, I don't think. Or at least not for Disney. Well, I should I, say I would say that every movie he does is visually stunning and yeah. story wise. I mean, it's just you know, it, he really doesn't seem to pay a lot of attention to that. It's always so the only the only one time I thought it worked was with uh, Ed Wood. I, I, I for whatever reason, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, eventually she falls into the mirror and goes into uh, Wonderland where she's supposed to save Johnny Depp who's gone madder than he's already been because he's the Mad Hatter, but now he's even more crazy. Well, so. no, he's, he's mad, but in not in the endearing way of the, the hat. Ah, okay. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So again, keeping in mind that I hadn't seen the first one. Yeah. It's like, he's a weird guy, man, in this movie. <laughs> he's just a weird guy. He is. He, that, but that's him that, I mean, it, it, it's not all that different than what you saw in the first one. It's a little bit more off putting the second go around where you're like, wow, I forgot how, how he behaved in this. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just to the point, it's like you didn't care so, too much about him as a no. character. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to is like, you really didn't care what was going to happen with the storyline with him. I mean, obviously once you found out that, you know, she's, she's trying to save him and, you know, she's his friend or whatever, then it was kind of like, okay, well, I mean, I'll go with that, but the guy just doesn't do anything to, to make you feel one way or the other towards him. So just a, a weird guy. And you're like, okay, well, I guess she's going to go do what she's got to do. So um, it, would you so say, yeah, would you say it's a storyline that made you not care about the Hatter? Was it the portrayal of the Hatter? Did he just? What was it all in all that made you decide? Well, okay, let me let me rephrase this a little and put it this way. I did, I cared more about him when I started learning the backstory and with his dad and that whole thing. When you know when you could tell a story about you know how he didn't his he always felt like he couldn't live up to his dad's expectations. Nothing was ever good enough for him. That when I got to that part of the story, it became a little more interesting for me. You see, that's um, the one part of the story that made no sense to me. Well, maybe it didn't make sense because it didn't have any reason in the story. But to me, 
I could relate to it with my dad. I've got a teenage son too, so it's kind of like I could almost put myself in that position. But that's what I'm saying. That's the part to me that makes no sense because if you think about it, uh, basically the father, he doesn't like that the, the, the Hatter is mad, right? He, he's kind of crazy. He's making yeah, these he's, wacky he's, designs. He's, he's, he's like, flamboyant. He's, uh, he's kind of, yeah, he kind of does his own thing. He's not conservative. The dad's very conservative. Right. Being a uh, Hatter is serious business. That's how the father is. And there shall be no humor or whimsy in, in, in hat making whatsoever. And that's all fine and good and all, except for the fact that you're in Wonderland. All these characters are supposed to be zany and and wild and wacky and uh, suddenly the hatter's got a normal family in the middle of wonderland and you're like wait what <laughs> why mm, is <laughs> yeah okay see there i never i didn't think about it that way you know i just thought okay well there's normal people here too right well that and that's that was where i'm like wait well, what? i mean because they're like the okay. only normal people in wonderland though well, and they're no, the, the hmm? king and the queen are normal uh the sisters are both normal at one point but, I mean, so, there again, you don't get to know them. You, just no, because they look normal there. doesn't mean that they don't have their own eccentric natures to them. It, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, the king and the queen, they barely speak. They speak once or twice. Yeah. The the family, the Hatter, is the ones who are like, you know, we tolerate no madness in this family. Whatsoever. Like, there's nothing crazy or wild about who we are and what we are. And it's like... I thought that was a whole point of Wonderland was that it was this wild and crazy place mm-hmm. full of the fantastic and unimaginable and anything was possible. And they seem to have kind of lost that here where yeah. it, it does kind of seem like, nope, Wonderland isn't really Wonderland. In fact, they call it Underland. They did it in the first one as well. But I mean, I want to say and the other one, it was kind of more towards everybody had a wacky personality. Not that they were all mad, but they were just ex- eccentric in their own ways. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, okay. They weren't all crazy or, or, or goofy. They were just all far off one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And so that's I, interesting. Yeah, I think that's what you're seeing a little bit of here is that this world has become a little bit more normal than fantastic, uh, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I didn't think about it, you know, because I'm just going along with the whole story mm-hmm. and just I'm like, okay, cool. There's normal people and there's weird people and there's frogs and there's dogs and there's rabbits. So, uh, but so, I mean, when it's all said and done, what it comes down to is, I guess, time was the most interesting character in this whole thing. That you know, and he got the most screen time, really. He, him and Alice were the main, you know, the, uh, was it the antagonist and protagonist, whatever you call it. And, uh, you know, and, and it starts off where, and, and this is another thing you kind of see with the, the way this plot unfolds, is that there's really no bad guys here. Yeah, I mean, he's he's uh, portrayed as maybe the bad guy at the beginning, although not evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, you know, sh- if she's the good guy, then he's the bad guy. But, of course, in the end, you find out he's really not the bad guy. He's just trying to keep her from destroying the entire universe, uh, which... <laughs> you know what ends up happening in the end but that's all he's trying to do is just make sure she doesn't destroy everything right um also at the same time like so he has a relationship with the red queen too like they're uh, lovers or something and well that was that. A, yeah <laughs> you know you talk about back to the future um so okay there's a scene uh that you might remember in the movie where time looks over and he sees like a skeleton with a with an eye patch on it Mm -hmm. he says something like what happened to you right okay was that the dad no that was the red queen's boyfriend from the last movie the knave of hearts played by crispin glover from back to the future fame oh uh, that's interesting very much so uh (laughs) So, yeah, he was a knave of hearts, and uh, so when you see him there, uh, I don't know what she did to him. At the end of the movie, he, he clearly She's, doesn't... Yeah, she stabbed him with a sword, it looked like. But, see, I, I, I'm i glad you said that, because I thought that was... I thought she killed her dad, to no. be honest with you. There you I go. Thought, I thought that was the king. So, okay, <laughs> cool. So, that was her old boyfriend. Well, then he should know, man. Stay away from this chick. She's crazy. Clearly, he uh, didn't know who she was. <laughs> yeah, but, just some hot redhead. Can with a big forehead. Apparently, she wasn't all that crazy. She just needed to hear, I'm sorry. Well, yeah. Well, you know, her <laughs> sister. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, her sister ratted her out and like ruined her life. 
I know. Because she didn't want to admit to eating the tart? Yes, for like, those of y'all who don't want to go through the trouble of seeing the movie, basically the reason that the Red Queen decapitates people and um, eats people's noses and just is a plain all around just horrible person to be around is because a long, long, long time ago, her sister blamed her for eating a cookie. Yep. That's why the Red Queen is as bad as, as she is. And that, and that was, again, that was part of where, yeah, the problems with this movie comes in, in that... Well, okay, to be fair, she became the Red Queen because she hit her head and it swole up and big and stuff like so that. But that would not have happened if the sister wouldn't have lied about the cookies because she wouldn't have ran out. It's, it's one of those movies where it's almost... I mean, it's like any kind of time travel movie. It's like, well, this wouldn't have happened if this wouldn't have happened... And you go back and try to fix this, but you realize it wasn't really that. And when you try to fix it, you actually caused it. Thought you were trying to fix it, but no, you didn't fix it. You actually made that happen. If you would have tried to fix it in the first place, it never would have happened. But then how did it happen? Because you were back in time, but you weren't back in time. I mean, yeah, Jesus, but- man. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like, twice. I can't keep it straight, dude. It's like, it's like memento. Well, it is, but it isn't because they're very clear at the, from the onset and they follow through. And I, I give them credit for staying steady with this and saying that you can't change the past. Yes, absolutely. That's so true. There but- is no sense of, well, if this would have happened, that would have. There is none of that because what is meant to be is going to happen no matter what. You can't stop it. And if you yeah. try to stop it, you will fail. So there is that sense of inevitability that you don't get from those Back to the Future movies where you can go back and alter time. And in fact, it kind of makes it less interesting because now you don't get to see how things play out. Like there's a part in in the movie where time stops to to, and visits with the Mad Hatter and and the March Hare and all those people. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're just toying with them. They're just toying with them. They're delaying them. And at the very end, he curses him and says, you will have to sit here and it will be one minute before tea time for the rest of eternity until Alice shows up. Right. Is that right. about what you said? Yeah. That's, that's basically what happened. So how did they ever get out of it? <laughs> exactly. Cause Alice never shows up and I don't want to talk about the end yet, but even that I was like, really? That's how it ends. <laughs> uh, am I wrong? Um, you, are you talking about the rust that disappears? Yes. Yeah, like, okay, I don't want to get to the end of the movie yet, but when that happened, I'm like, really? That's how it, it solved itself. You know, I, I think I had more problems with, uh, you know, the Red Queen just suddenly becoming a nice person because her sisters apologized for not admitting to eating the cookie. I think I had more problems with that than the universe was about to implode upon itself. I mean, clearly you knew that was not going to happen. I understand, but... Okay, so let's just say what happened. The whole universe is going away. It's rusting. However, whatever's happening to it, it's all falling in upon itself. And then, boom, at the very end, of course, she's supposed to drop this ball, and it's supposed to generate electricity, and, and it's and it doesn't because she doesn't quite make it. Right. All right. So I'm like, oh, that's okay. So what are they going to do now? And it was so anticlimactic. You think it's all over, then a little spark. It just does it by itself? Wait, wait, wait. You did not think it was all over, though. That's the... That's the. No, I mean, you knew something <laughs> was going to happen. But, exactly. But that's it? Like, oh, it just sparked itself. Well, there was one of two ways you could go, and everyone's expecting that the thing will just fall and, and, and insert itself into the spot. I thought the spark was, okay, whatever yeah. gets us there. That's fine. If that's what your problem is, yeah, no, that did not bug me that much. Uh, up until the point that that's what we're dealing with here is that now yeah. we, we have a universe collapsing in and upon itself because two characters accidentally saw each other. I mean, again, this is like Back to the Future physics, but done to the extreme. Like in Back to the Future time, if you went back, you could see your other self, but you couldn't encounter your other self or else the consequences could be disastrous, right? Yeah. Here you can't even look upon yourself without it causing a chain reaction that would destroy the very fabric of t- space and time. Right. You know, which is why no one travels through time except for Alice, because Alice was never in their past. As they right, right. It. And they laid that out very simply. Although, um, so except y- for the fact that she was in the past, because she did visit Wonderland at least twice before, but apparently not that far back. Yeah. 
So, well, I mean, yeah, it's just a mess, dude. <laughs> the whole really, thing's just a mess. Yeah. The whole thing's just a mess, dude. That's what but, I'm like, um, at that point in time, I'm like, cool, Russ. Yeah, right. I mean, I guess. Whatever guess gets right. us out of this, I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it wasn't enough to be insultingly stupid. It wasn't enough to where it was like, just make, like, the movie never, I'll give it this much credit. It, it wasn't like Maleficent. It didn't make me angry at it. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And maybe that was because it had the luxury of going into it with no expectations. Like I said, it wasn't even a sequel I really wanted to see. I mean, it was kind of like, well, I'm here because we like to give our listeners a show once a week. That's <laughs> basically we did it for you. You know, so if y'all want to donate uh, beignets in the amount of eleven dollars and <laughs> uh, seventeen dollars for me, seventeen, get out of here. Uh, two tickets, two tickets. Oh, well, I- I'm just making them pay for mine, not my wife. Yeah. Here's the thing, and, and part of the reason my wife loves Alice so much is, is because my wife is not part of this princess culture. And in fact, it's something she has tried to instill in her daughter, and it's just not working because, quite frankly, the, the princess thing in Disney is so ingrained. I mean, you really you got to seek out Alice when you go to Disney World. You know, she's not one of the royal bloodline. <laughs> she's not right. one of the in crowd. She's kind of an outsider to that. And mm-hmm. um, so because of that, and, and that's part of the reason why I wish people would go see it. Not because I think that we need another Tim Burton vision of Alice on screen. I don't think we need these characters put forth per se. But it's nice to have a non-princess main character who's adventurous a go-getter, sure. a risk-taker. She's mm-hmm. not interested in hooking up with a boy. Alice in Wonderland yeah. is not about that. Uh, it, it's about, you know, finding your own way and, and going on adventures and having fun. You know, I often, mm. I, I find it difficult because my, my kid wants to play many a times and she's like, Dad, let's play. And whenever we sit down to play, I'm hoping that she brings, because she has superhero toys. She has Wonder Woman. She has Supergirl. She has... Batgirl, she she has Batman, she has uh, Superman, she has those kind of things. But every once in a while, she br- she'll bring out the Barbies or the My Little Ponies, and it's like, mm-hmm. play with me, Daddy. And it's like, okay, what do these like, do? Yeah, what do you? I mean, who's the antagonist? Who's the protagonist? Who's bad? Who's a, it's? No, we're all good. We're just gonna go out to the fair. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> we're just gonna go get some cotton candy, right? And, and it's uh, like. Well, what's the adventure? Who are we fighting? What are we discovering? What are we? We're just. No, we're just going to talk about being friends and 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 how much we like each other and getting along. Exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly what it's like. And it's like, oh my god, that's why little girls need Alice. So we want mm-hmm. we want there to be more Alice. We would like for little girls to come up being like, no, the heck with doing my hair and you know being friendly. Like I want to go on adventures. I want to. What's wrong with her captaining her own ship or, you know, firing pirates and doing all that stuff? And I I wanna see that. I wanna see a strong female role model for little girls who who is interested in more than just hooking up with a boy. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd be interested to see if they could do Alice without Tim Burton and just do it like more straight. You know what I mean? Um, and it might even be a continuation of this movie. What happens to Alice after she goes on that ship? Can say, this movie did not need a franchise. This is a one telling, you know, not every movie needs a sure. sequel. I, I think this movie hit big because it was a retelling. It's Tim Burton. It's going to mm-hmm. be interesting. Tim Burton's got his own fans. And, uh, you know, it's the first uh, look at Alice on screen in a while. Johnny Depp was hot coming off of Pirates of the Caribbean. The 3D fad was huge at that point. Avatar yeah. just come out and did it. They were coming out and doing it. Now all that's kind of gone away. And I, if they're going to re, if they're going to pick up with this, I would hope that they would make these characters a little less spooky looking, mm-hmm. a little more endearing, a little bit more uh, fun. It's the really the whole thing didn't even get quote unquote get going until about thirty forty five minutes into it. You know, I I was waiting for something to happen. I agree. The whole time. I, the whole movie, I was like, okay, so when is something like fun going to happen? Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I don't know that it ever got to an interesting storyline. I mean, I mean, it kind of yeah. felt like, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, that I think that was this movie's biggest problem is that, you know, what was propelling the movie forward was, again, you know, here's Alice. Uh, she believes in doing the impossible. That's the whole thing. She gets in Wonderland. She's there for five minutes. The Mad Hatter tells her something impossible, and she's like, "Oh no, 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 no! That's not possible." <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "You're not Alice." And it's like, "Whoa, wait! 
yeah, this does seem like a you know a bad time for Alice to suddenly become a realist, uh, particularly yeah. when you're stepping foot in the Wonderland where anything's uh, possible. But mm-hmm. anyway, so I, I will say this: so can we please stop wheeling out the directors? Before the movie starts, I'm really tired of directors getting on the screen before the movie and saying, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. And we all worked really hard in this movie. I mean, we really, 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 really worked hard to give you this movie and we really hope you enjoy it. I mean, it's like this pandering for my like, okay, if you don't like it, just know we really worked hard. Well, a lot of people work hard. (laughs) Right. You know, if anything, the director can come on after the movie's over and apologize for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, you or know. explain himself. Yeah, like, ex- okay. I know this didn't make sense, but let me tell you what we were trying to go for there. Right. I mean, <laughs> it, does, it just it makes the whole thing uncomfortable. You know, it's like, because now yeah, it's, it's like, look, I want to be able to judge it. Now that I've got a face, yeah. oh, look, there's the man who did it, and he's probably got kids, and that maybe they're one of them's in the picture in the background as he's talking. And now I feel bad about saying that he did terrible work, you know? So, anyway, that's funny. Anyway, so I guess that's our thoughts on Alice in Wonderland. It's, it's, you won't hate it. I don't, I don't think I hate no, it. No, I don't think I would either, but I'll say this with as much technology as most people have in their houses. Yes. With the big screen and the surround sound, all that stuff, you can definitely wait for this thing to come to DVD or red box or whatever, and you will not be heartbroken about not seeing it in the theater. Actually, you know what? All. You know what they could have done with this? You know what? It would, would, this would have been a great idea if this was done as a video game. They should have just did this as a video game. And you, you got to navigate through time circuits or whatever the hell she was doing, and uh, mm-hmm. you got to operate the, the time machine. It's a chronosphere or something like that. I can't remember. What, it wasn't a time. They didn't call it a time machine. No, uh, it was a chron- but you, you got to do that. You got to captain your own ship. You got to navigate through uh, getting into the castle that she had to get into. Yeah, you could have different levels, right? Because you, you have all those uh, different options on the screen where it's like, okay, there's the, the dragon and there's the, the family and all that. So, yeah, you got to do all the different levels. Absolutely. And, this would have worked and, great as a video game. You were forgiven all the bad story elements to it, and, and no one would have had a problem with it. <laughs> so that's what Or they could just... Yeah, they could have just given it to you when you get the other Alice movie. Right. Here, <laughs> free. Have and then, enjoy. And then when you see it, it's like, okay, look at this. It's, it's like a video game I'm looking at. It. So anyway, because um, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like I'm looking at a video game. Like a lot of yeah. people like look at it like, that's great graphics. Like it's great graphics for a video game. To me, great, you know, special effects is when you can't tell their special effects. When yeah. you're like, whoa. I mean, when it when it, there's so much happening that you're acutely aware that they're on a green screen, there's only the only thing that's real is the one actor. It, it kind of takes me out of it a little bit. It looks a little, I don't know, Final Fantasy well, I or mean, Uncharted. For me, I, I don't have a problem with it because it's Alice in Wonderland and it's all very fantasy-related. And the Queen's Castle is made out of bugs and vegetable people and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, that oh, was that okay was to weird. me because... You know, it's it's part of the fantasy, but which, again, dude, I don't know. We're, we're going to continue to beat this movie up, but what do vegetables and stuff have to do with the Red Queen? You know, vegetable that- people and they're locked in an asparagus jail, and <laughs> you know, it's like that has nothing to do with the Red Queen that I remember. But again, I, I didn't see the first movie, so maybe there's something there. And at, she, at the end of the first movie, she lost her powers and she could not, you know, rule over anybody anymore. So why these vegetable people decide to say, "Come, be our queen, eat us, we're fine with that"? When there's only one of her and a ton of them, I don't know what it was, but yeah, yeah I. So. Yeah, the movie made no sense, but um, but go see it. No, <laughs> judge for yourself. <laughs> don't go see it. Uh, you know, no, unless- but seriously, like I honestly, wait for video, wait for Redbox. You know, pay a dollar at Redbox. I'd I'd be willing to pay a dollar at Redbox to see this movie, maybe. Uh, but don't spend you know eight ten dollars for a ticket to the movie theater. In September, when uh, Disney movies are exclusively streaming on Netflix, on Netflix, yeah, uh, catch uh, Alice in Wonderland through the Looking Glass, yeah, and uh, don't worry about hitting the pause button if you got to go to the bathroom or something. I mean, just let it go, and uh, you know, enjoy it when you're able to look up at the screen, and and I think that's the best way to watch it. 
yeah, just have it on in the background while you're uh, cooking dinner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, throw it on while you're, there. Yeah. while you're chopping vegetables. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you, for whatever reason, have any thoughts on this movie, if you were one of the two or three people in your local theater to watch this movie, uh, please go ahead and drop us a line and tell us what you thought. If we're wrong, if we're right, what you agree with. Uh, how much you miss the other two people on this show and wish they would come back and save you from us. Uh, whatever it is, reach out, let us know. All right, guys. So that about wraps it up for us here on the magic. Our way podcast, the skeleton crew that we have pirating our ship. These uh, <laughs> these murky, murky waters. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> these so, shark-infested waters. <laughs> so uh, join us next week when your hosts will be uh, Kevin and Eli, and <laughs> Lee and I will be taking the week off. No. Um, <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've hung in with us for this long, you must be a loyal fan. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. We definitely do. Um, while Eli's out, I'll do the quick promo- promotion for him. Make sure to go ahead and stop by ivorycomics.com, or as he would say, www.ivorycomics.com. Make sure to stop over there. Check out Project Geisha. And then, uh, so then, yeah, that brings us to you, Lee. Go ahead and tell the people about your fine services. All right, folks. Well, it is about that time. Uh, if you are looking for Christmas uh, to some degree, Thanksgiving, but that actual window is, is already passed for dining. You know, if you're looking to get a Christmas trip, now is the time to book. Uh, you want those Cinderella Royal tables, and you want Be Our Guest, and you want all those Ohanas and Chef Mickey's. Uh, get on it now, guys, because your 180 is coming up quick. Uh, that is the time to book. Uh, six six months out at least, and you'll get what you want. So let's uh, give me a call on my new number. It's 415-DIS-TRIP. 415-D-I-Z-T-R-I-P. You can also email me at lee at magicarway.com. Check out the Facebook page at Lost Avica Travel. That's facebook.com slash Lost Avica Travel. L-A-S-T-O-V-I-C-A Travel. All right. Thank you very much, Lee. And guys, the same ways you can get in touch with us exist as they always have. First and foremost, go to magicarway.com. You can check us out there. Leave us a voicemail. Speak pipe, whatever you want to go ahead and do. Check out our past archives episodes. Order merchandise. There's brand new designs on there, I'm hoping, because Kevin was supposed to be putting up that new shirt. So uh, you can go ahead and do that. Donate to us. Send us some beignets for having the strength to go sit through Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass, because that was not easy, guys. That that took that took some perseverance. And we're not asking you to pay for our spouse or, or in Lee's case, his child to go see it. Just for us. That's it. You know, yeah, yeah. That's that's it. Just you know, for us to go ahead and sit through and, and bring you this uh, compelling review, the definitive oh, the, Alice in Wonderland review, right? Yeah, or that, or pay for the beards going to take to to put this one out of our misery. Exactly, <laughs> because seriously, we could have taken the week off and we didn't. Eli and Kevin, those are the quitters. They're the ones that are like, we got parents to tend to and shows to do. It's like whatever y'all are forgetting the Moeekins and we didn't forget about y'all we suffered so that y'all might have this <laughs> <laughs> this is a wonderful wonderful show this is a wonderful show so um anyway this is this is our gift to you so you have this and uh what else what else what else does kevin like to say oh mad hatter radio yes you can find that yeah. on our website as well you can go ahead and give those guys a listen they do a lot of in park audio they do a lot of uh takes on disney songs there's a link to them on our webpage that you can go ahead and check out and makes it really easy, man. Whenever you're at work and you need to tune out and need some some reminder of Disney in your day, go ahead and click on that and listen to that. Um, so, yeah, or just plain old-fashioned email us. That's the easiest way to go ahead and do it. It's, it's nice. It's simple. You get to compose your thoughts. Send it out there to us. Show at magicourway.com. Go ahead and send us an email over there. We'd love to go ahead and read it. We will read it on the air. That does happen. Or you can text us. That's right. You can text us at 1815-MOWEEKEN. That is 1815-MOWEEKEN. And that's how you can do it, guys. Easy enough to get in touch with us. So 
whichever way works for you, go ahead and do it. The important thing is, is that we want to hear from you. We love hearing from you and we appreciate you. And we definitely appreciate you taking the time to listen. So with that said, my name is Danny. And I'm Kevin. Oh, I'm Lee. <laughs> Magic out. Hey guys. Hey, you hear that? Yeah. Yes. You know what that is? Tony Bennett? It is Tony Bennett. Oh man, Italians recognizing Italian. You know what song <laughs> like that? What song is he singing? Well, the song that Lee couldn't sing when he was trying to do it for the navigator. Oh wow. <laughs> hey, but do you, do you know what I'm listening it on? This is Mad Hatter Radio, which is an ra- online radio station of Disney fan stuff that we have partnered up with, man. How do you like that? Partners here on the Gulf Coast, Magic Carway and Mad Hatter Radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, creative buffs on radio stuff. That's like right. It. Yeah, it's good. It's another outlet. Uh huh. You know, it, 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 what's good about it? Yeah, let me tell you what's good. But you hear Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. But you could probably hear Bare Necessities done by like a, a metal group, a heavy metal group. You could mm-hmm. probably hear a country version of this. Oh wow! You could probably hear like a funk version, James Brown type of. Hi. Give me a Bare Necessities. <laughs> oh, get on, get up again. Oh yeah. You know? Hot tub. What you say now, <laughs> Disney? That's right. You can hear that all on the station, man. It's, <laughs> they don't just give you the normal spiels and 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 r- attraction sounds, but they give you. Every creative variation that other artists have taken to the standard Disney songs, like Tony Bennett right here, this yeah. little jazzy version of the Bare Necessities. You know. I'm thinking about Goodfellas right now. I don't know why. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bing, bada boom. Boy, listen to this station, okay? It's good for you. It's good for me. It's going to go ahead. It's going to help you out. It's going to make me out. It's going to be really good. Okay. Man had a radio. Bada bing, bada boom. Just do it, huh?